Oh, wow. Where have we been the last few weeks? I think the Tigers beating the Cats. I've been on a premiership hangover just partying with the boys. <laughs> Enjoying the victory over Timmy Ludeman's Cats. But this is episode 23, and it's a massive episode too. And I cannot wait for it. I've been missing uh, these two boys. Timmy Ludeman, I'm going to say very, very, very good evening to you, big fella. And, uh, well, we haven't really spoken, to be honest, in person, Timmy, since the grand final. Mate, uh, how'd you go? Did you get over it all right? <laughs> uh, half-time, I was pretty pretty happy. And then uh, post-half-time, Dusty decided to turn up. And, um, yeah, I drank myself stupid. <laughs> the old two-pot screamer, too, Timmy Luderman. Let's get the big show on the phone. Well, it's a big show. Oh. Isolation has done this bloke wonders. You would not believe the nick that this man is in since the Melbourne lockdown on the uh, the Mornington Peninsula. Darren Chuck Berry, how are you, big fella? I've missed you, boys. Seriously, we've been out of lockdown for a month, and every Monday night I wait for me phone to ring, podcast night, no phone call. Another Monday passes, and I'm thinking, <laughs> seriously, the big fella, Matty Stewart, has taken this Richmond Premiership to to far greater extremes than I thought. You're gloating, and so you should be. But I tell you, a lot of people have been saying, where's the podcast? And I said, we're waiting for a really, really big guest. And uh, I think we've delivered in spades tonight. We've had some big ones, but probably when you introduce him, Matty, I mean, seriously, this man is on $27 million a year, and he's signed for five years... I mean, there is going to be no cash left in Geelong. <laughs> Stewie, yes, can, can we just quickly say, say the real reason why we haven't been on is because Chuck, with uh, lockdown, has actually been auditioning for a new role in an Austin Powers movie as Fat Bastard. <laughs> that is unfortunately very, very true. Uh, I've, I've moved house during this uh, little hiatus we've had the last three weeks when we've been in hiding. I've moved house because I needed a larger lounge room to fit my fat guts in over the, uh, the lockdown. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I love it, mate. How is the new house going, Sarks? All good? Uh, it's all right. A little two-bedroom, little shack down by the beach, oh, you know, I, just a little bit of salt water. And uh, <laughs> no, I tell you what, it's not. It's not as big as the Dartmoor fly is going to be moving into <laughs> down at Catland. I tell you what, he has brought the whole waterfront precinct. Well, let's get him in, on, big fella. Let's, get introduce, the stars him. On. let's introduce him. And I, I, I didn't really, I kind of texted Ludi. I said, what kind of music am I going for Jezza? And he said, well, mate, let's just go something Rex Hunt. So Rex Hunt fishing. We know this oh, bloke loves, loves his fishing. And, uh, well, you're right. You're right, Chuck. This bloke is like, he's going to be, like, since Gary Ablett Sr. retired down there at the Catland, I reckon there's never been a bigger signing at uh, the Geelong Football Club. Jeremy Cameron, we say a very good evening. How are you, big fella? <laughs> good, fellas. Good, fellas. Thanks for having me on. I um, Thanks for the music, too. I am a massive fan of Rex Hunt. I was just chatting to him the other day, so <laughs> pretty keen to get down and have a fish with the big boy. Now, do you do you actually realise, Jezza, you know, like, Chuck actually hasn't slept for the the last three or four weeks because he does call the footy dead at K-Rock. <laughs> He's like the dulcet tones, mate. He is like the Rex Hunt of the K-Rock football team down there, the calling team. He is absolutely <laughs> frothing that you have signed with the Cats and he's looking forward to calling you next year. Mm. 
Yeah, yeah. Well, it's um, exciting times ahead. I actually just got down there Friday and had a look around the club. So pretty impressed by everything. The um, the boys were pretty welcoming. So um, there's a lot to look forward to. That's for sure. Chuck. Yeah, Jeremy. Congratulations uh, from everyone in Geelong. I mean, it's a huge signing, but not just yourself. And I'm sure part of your decision making. And and again, we're not too serious on here about the ins and the outs, and you know going out for lunch with Stevie J, who clearly had a bad impression on you and stuff with the Geelong flow. Uh, but uh, on, on a remotely serious side, uh, Isaac Smith, Sean Higgins, not just yourself, the Cats have made a couple of really big sweeps. Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, I've been lucky enough to know Sean for a few years uh, through a good mate. And um, to have him go down with me is going to be awesome. And uh, Isaac, obviously, he's um, he's got the experience and won a few flags. So, um, yeah, it's, it's going to be good times ahead. Um, a lot of hard work between now and then, but looking forward to giving a red-hot crack next year. Just one more serious one from me, and then we'll really sort of get into what we normally do. But um, um, Tom Hawkins, Jeremy Cameron in the same Ford 50. I mean, it's going to be a difficult, it's an exciting prospect, but... Uh, have you sorted it out yet with the big tomahawk? Is you, you stay deep, I'll play high, or is it? <laughs> listen, I, I kicked sixty-seven in two thousand and nineteen, and you only snagged forty-two this year. So, mate, get out of my leading space. Is that what you say, tomahawk? <laughs> yeah, well, we haven't we we haven't had that chat yet. He has messaged me a couple of times, just welcoming to the club and saying. Um, <laughs> You know, come down to the farm and have a look around. So we'll we'll see how the two of us get on on the same farm before the before we get on. You know, on a football field, and hopefully we get off on the right foot. But I am, um, in all seriousness, looking forward to uh, you know mm. learning off Big Tomahawk because he's uh, been around a while now and he's a lot smarter than me on the football field. I think so. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm looking forward to learning a bit from the Big Tower. The Big Tomahawk. I reckon he's like a dog pissing on his territory. If he's inviting you down to the farm, Jessa, I reckon he's virtually yeah. just saying, listen, mate, now understand, I'm the big dog in this town, mate. You're going to have to earn your stripes before you get into this cattery. Yeah, I don't I don't think I'll get too much time straight out of full forward. So um, <laughs> I'll be up around the... Um, the, the, the high half forward line uh, kicking into the big boy. But, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. So um, it's going to be interesting how it all comes together over the pre-season. But, um, like I said, we'll, we'll knuckle down and put in the hard work and hopefully it all flows. Ludi. Stewie, I think there's going to be a bigger ego to worry about, though, within the Geelong Footy Club than Tomahawk. That, that, are we that talking at K-Rock, mate? Are we, are we talking at K-Rock or are we talking at the, the, the football club, mate? <laughs> no, at the, at the footy club. Obviously, the Tomahawk one's pretty important, but Dangerfield will feel threatened of his fishing ability. There's no doubt about that. <laughs> yeah. And he yeah, will not like true. it. He will not like it. That someone else will come <laughs> in and he's actually a better fisherman than him. <laughs> I said, um, I said a part of the deal. I need GPS coordinates uh, for the snapper <laughs> and the whiting and the and the squid, and um, they well, couldn't, they need... couldn't get that done. So, um, he's if you need snapper pretty... coordinates, you, you probably need to hit me up because I don't think Dane just caught any ten kilo snapper in the bag. So, <laughs> I actually saw that photo. I saw it. It's not a bad fish. I must admit, very nice fish. Where, where are you going to set up camp, Jez? Like, have you thought? You know, like, are you thinking Torquay or Anglesey or in Geelong itself? What, what are you thinking? Yeah, I I honestly um, for the well once borders opened I got down as quick as I could but yeah on Friday I had a bit of a tour around and 
had a look around. I'm not real sure yet. Like, I've been pretty casual about the whole thing. You know, um, up off Sydney, the um, the Kingies have been going pretty hard, so I put a fair bit of time into them. And suddenly the whole, the missus keeps getting on me back, you know, you need to get something done. You need to start looking for houses. But then something else pops up. The tuna are going to rock up in Portland soon. So the time will probably float across to them. And, um, you know, I need to get something done. But um, I think maybe for the first year, well, obviously we'd probably look to buy in the next, year or so but I'll, I'll rent um just to find my feet first and i don't know if it, that needs to be in town and around the boys around the club just to get a feel for geelong and then sort of spread the wings but yeah, i'm not too sure just yet jeez what about what, what about a what about a houseboat why don't you just get, live on a houseboat <laughs> and then just have a couple little tinnies off the back out of the barwon river and and out you go from don't worry about a house just move into the houseboat it wouldn't be too bad you know, I, I actually thought about that on Sydney Harbour, and if I'm going to spend the rest of my career up here, <laughs> I actually it, it's it's it, it came through my head for a little bit. You know, just instead of buying a three million dollar pad and trying to get towards the eastern beaches up there, um, oh, yeah. let's just buy a big boat and, Mate, and, and go to training <laughs> in a little, million little bucks, kayak. Three million bucks of the contract you're on, Jez, you'd nearly buy half a Geelong, big fella. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm not sure about that. I've, I've heard the property market's only getting better down there, though. So, yeah, it's, a, it's definitely a lot cheaper. It, it opened up my eyes as soon as I started looking for rentals down there because um, nothing's cheap up up north in Sydney. And they've even, uh, yeah, you know, big fella, they've even they've now got colour TV in Geelong as well. They were so excited, I went down to the waterfront. Careful, to mate. Careful. <laughs> that was when they said, Chuck, look at this, we've got colour TV down there. <laughs> That's a real problem. Uh, you'll, you'll, you'll love the lifestyle, Jez, but uh, on a more serious note, you've got the nickname White Can. I want to know why. Wow! Oh yeah, so that's I know where that's come from. Um, <laughs> nah, well, I'm actually well. I've, I've to put it really simple. I'll give you the short story and the long long story. But the short one is I just love Jim Beam can, and and obviously they're white, <laughs> so they call me White Can the boys. But that was the early, you know, probably first three four years of the career. Um, and I live with Dev Smith and Jacob Townsend, who's looking for his. 17th or 18th club. Um, he's, <laughs> if he's in, he's, he's shopped himself around a bit over the years. But, um, no, I've got the name White Can just because I like, yeah, me White Can. But sort of just started to, like, I, I enjoy a beer now. I'm having a beer now talking to you boys. So I've just pulled up at the cousin's house. It's the first time I've seen him in a year. So I'm enjoying a beer now. But yeah, all the boys used to call me White Can. And I thought, I need to do something about this because um, other teams, other players on other teams were starting to call me that in-game, and I thought, this is just out of control. So I need to uh, change it up. So, yeah, that's, that's sort of how that came about. I love it. What's your go-to beer, Jez? Well, it all depends for me. So um, Carlton Dry right now, as we speak, but when I head up north, it's it's definitely a great northern. So um, I was lucky enough to get on a cup uh, a um a week in Arnhem Land not, not too long ago and catch a few barren. It just feels wrong having, you know, a beer that's not a great northern up there. Yeah. Um, I, I hear that it sort of used to be 4X, uh, but great northern's starting to take over, they say. So um, that's the whisper up there. Awesome. A bit of deathly silence there, boys. 
Sorry. I honestly, as I was listening to that story, boys, I wandered to my garage and I got a very icy cold Great Northern out of the fridge. <laughs> and, and I thought Jez must have fallen over. <laughs> hey, Jez, <laughs> I want a serious one. Tell us about Toby Green, mate. Uh, you know, like we see the football aside and um, I, I just reckon he's just brilliant like whenever he plays in that Giants team it's like everyone walks another foot taller uh, what's he like mate because he cops a fair roar end of the deal you know from the Vic supporters and that over the journey but off the field tell us about uh, Toby Green and before you yeah, answer that Jeremy done. just before before you answer nobody listens yeah. to this show I think he's an absolute knob so you just tell oh, us what Chuck. you think <laughs> 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 He's honestly, he's well. The, for example, like the the first person I told that I was leaving was Toby. So he's um, he's one of my closest mates um, at the club, and yeah, he does get that sort of. I guess everyone down here sort of really dislikes him, uh, but everyone knows that knows him or has spent a bit of time around him knows he's one of the nicest blokes and most caring blokes there is. So. Um, yeah, it's sort of hard to explain to people, to be honest, because, um, you know, he's probably one of the ones that I'll miss playing football with the most. When you walk out there and you know Toby's there, you know you know he's going to give it absolutely everything for the side. And um, I guess that's what he's like with his mates as well. He's, he's such a loyal mate. And um, like I mentioned, I, I told him before I told Leon and, and the people at the club. So, um yeah, he's a, he's a really good man. Now, Jezza, just don't tell Toby to listen to this podcast, all right? Because Chuck has just, <laughs> he's burnt any chance we had of getting Toby on for a chat, Chuck. You can't do that, yeah. mate. He's Jezza's best mate. That, that's okay. Yeah, and, I, and I'm really, it, 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 really glad. He's that good of a bloke, you know, he'd probably still come on. <laughs> Chuck wouldn't he throw the lollies out with the bathwater, big fella <laughs> that, that is great I'm actually in all seriousness that's why I threw it in there because I, I did hear Jeremy talk when when the deal came up and he said he wanted to play on Toby Green and, and all that but I mean I'm a St Kilda supporter Jeremy don't hold that against me but Stephen Milne was I think a similar type uh, uh, antagonist if you like we loved him at St Kilda and his teammates loved him but other teams, just because of the way that he went about it, didn't like him. So that's why yeah. I threw the Victorian yeah. flavour into Toby Green. But it's great to hear you say, you know, it's always when you know someone, it's so different to what you see from the outside. And that's why I'm yeah. great to hear your response. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I, I think there's a number of players like that. But, yeah, for the, the people that don't hate Toby absolutely love him. And, um, you know, and they, and they come from all... Like a range of different teams, you know. So, um, yeah, it's just he's just one of those interesting guys, isn't he? And he, he, he even when you do hate him, you, you still sit down and watch, you know. So absolutely, he's one of them blokes. Yeah, absolutely. I was, Jeremy, I was, I was a bit like that in the cricket circles. Everyone hated me on the opposition. <laughs> my, my problem was everyone hated me on my team as well. So, I love watching him. You're right. You sit down. He's on a Friday yeah, night. I agree. K-Rock's not, you watch him. You sit down because yeah. you think he's going to do something. You know, Reminds me a bit of Jordan Dugowie and that type of player that they can light it up and so important yeah. in your team. Or maybe even a yeah. Dustin Martin, boys. Just, you know, just when he wants to turn nah, it on, nah. the great man, he just, bang. Could probably kick four goals of the goals of the day in the grand final, just stay quietly, Ludie. Um, had a fair old match, old Dusty, that is for sure. I'm going to pass the baton back to you, Timmy. 
past. You're living in the past, mate. We're all about 2021 and the cats with uh, Big <laughs> Jezza. Jezza, I want to I want to talk to you about the time you had maggots in your work dicks and a little bit of pro extra protein for the uh, the country man. <laughs> What's that, sorry? I was, I was, I, I've got a car parking right beside me, right as you said that, mate. I just missed it. So the time you had maggots in your wheat dicks. Oh my god, you're really digging deep now, aren't you? <laughs> I tell you what, <laughs> I I honestly I'm still to this day a big wheat dick man. Well, I punch out a fair few, um, but I think it was before a game. It's uh, we're we're going right back now, and clearly this one's come from death. And um, I. <laughs> I was pretty much done. That's the worst part. I don't know how many maggots I ate that day with those wheat bigs, but there was plenty in there, and I reckon it got down to the last spoonful before I realised that. I don't know how many I that day, probably, probably six or seven, but um, yeah, it's definitely definitely not on the menu since that day. I'm, I must admit, that was disgusting. <laughs> You've come in and kicked six or seven on the, on the diet of protein. Oh, back in the back in that was that was obviously back in the first probably second year at the club. I, I will throw one in though. Like I went, Tommy, myself and Tommy Bug, who used to play at the Giants, he goes to me one night. I wonder if like we always used to have these weird discussions about like get a six pack of beers literally two hours before you go to the game. You reckon you play well? <laughs> anyway, we thought we won't. We we won't delve into the beers, but what we will do, we'll go have a full sit down meal in KFC the night before a game. So we we rolled <laughs> yes. in there. Yes. <laughs> we sat down myself and Tommy and ordered the biggest meal of KFC before a game. We walked out there against Richmond. It was actually I think they beat us by 180 or something. Rewalt kicked 10, and I had two disposals. So I, <laughs> I haven't gone back down that path. I must admit. <laughs> Hey, Stewie, this is a man, this is a man close to your heart. This is a... I mean, that was your staple diet Mate, in the I had, for 20 years. I had two Kermont's hamburgers every Friday night, and if I didn't, I was the opposite. If I didn't, I wouldn't get a kick, boy. So it was simple. I just had to <laughs> well, keep feasting. I was hoping. <laughs> I was like, well, if, if, I, if I went out there and kicked you know, six or seven goals, I'd probably have a KFC sponsorship by now, but... <laughs> Oh, geez, it was a bad day. <laughs> oh, I love the fact that you and Tommy Bugger just sat down and said, "Right, let's have a little go at this. Let's see, we, let's see what we can do. We'll, we'll test the boundaries on a couple of little different things and and see how we go." Did you try the alcohol one at any stage, Jezza? <laughs> no, I've never had a beer the day. Well, I have had many beers the day of the game, but all after the game. So. <laughs> Um, yeah, no, I haven't, haven't jumped into that one. Can, can I just pull you back to a serious one? Like Leon Cameron, a great uh, South Warrnambool boy down here. Um, what was it like, mate, to, to, to make that phone mm. call to, to, to Camo? He's, he's a wonderful fella, Leon. He's, a, he's an absolute uh, yeah. gentleman and uh, just a great fella. What was it like, mate, and how did it go down? Yeah, it was, um, it was definitely one of the hardest things I've ever had to do um, that's for sure I um, I sent him a message and just said can you pop around so um, yeah he came and sat on my couch and you know it was pretty it was pretty daunting um, you know he myself and Leon have always had a really good relationship and I, I think I've mentioned on a number of um, you know radio stations and stuff that I believe a big part of um, you know who I am today and the football I am is, is thanks to Leon and 
um, I come back to a few hard discussions we had at an early stage in my career around, you know, you're, we can all see the talent in you, but you need to pull your head in a bit and you can really become an A-plus player and all this stuff. And, you know, it's... KFC of, lunches. It, yeah. <laughs> if, you, if, you, if you look back on it now, it's like I'm, I'd never change a thing. Like, I, I'm thankful he told me that, but, you know, at the same time, he could have just let me do me and... Um, you know, I mightn't have got to where I am now, so I'm, I'm always grateful for that. Um, but yeah, getting back to the chat, it was pretty tough. And he sort of mentioned that when when a player when a player messages you and he's out of contract, it's not normally and 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 saying come around to my house, it's not normally you know mm. through a re-signing. So he was sort of ready for it, but um, yeah, it was definitely tough. Like um, looking back on it, it was bloody stressful and. I don't, well, I don't honestly think I slept well for about a month um, in the lead up to the whole thing, and yeah, sort of a, a relief at the same time. Left him some maggots in his wheat picks, clearly, uh, unfortunately for Leon Cameron. Uh, Jezza, do you think anyone, I mean, you kicked 67 in 2019, Tomahawk wins the Coleman this year with 42. Do you think we're yeah. ever going to see 100 kicked again? I mean, Buddy, I think, was the last one from memory in 2008, is the game moved in such a different direction that you don't think it will happen again? Or do you think the game will evolve and maybe in 10 years' time we'll see another big big ton kicked? Yeah, yeah, I'd love to um, I'd love to see the game evolve a bit more back the other way. Um, I think mm. definitely even... Yeah, I, I remember as clear as day, Buddy's, you know, 100 goals. Um, and that same night, I think Fev finished on 99. Um, yeah. And yeah, like it was just one of those, one of those games, you know, where you, oh, like I remember cheering on Fev in the end to like, you know, you're never going to see two on the same game, like in the same game. But um, yeah, like I, I think like it's just a great like half the meetings that we go into are about defense, um, and it's team defense. It's like what what can the forwards do to, you know, stop, stop their backs from running it out, and the mids do this, and the and the backs just need to be back, like there always has been. Not much talent goes into playing back there, does it? But um, <laughs> it's like <laughs> that was just a little dig on the way out, wasn't it? Um, yeah, I, no, I sort of, I, as a as a as a player, like for the last sort of seven or eight years, like it's sort of always yeah been about how we stop teams from kicking scores, and um, I know other teams are doing that for us as well. So that's why it gets harder and harder, I think. But yeah, like you mentioned, it'd be great to see it go back the other way and. Um, you know, many kids talk about Buddy's last hundred hundred goals and how awesome it was, and I'd love to see someone do it again. No, I agree. I agree. And, and uh, Stewie, I know you're a goal kicker back in the day in the Hamden League, but as a St Kilda supporter at Moorabbin, you know there wasn't a lot of victories down there in the mud. But each year, the anticipation of if Lockett Plugger could kick a hundred, you know, and it was so exciting the build up. And I remember as a kid, Bernie Quinlan kicking a hundred and you know, Dunstall and people running on the ground. And I think it's a great shame that the defensive side of the game has become so strong. And the coaches will coach, obviously, to win. But a lot of, you know, Ross Lyon, his whole game plan was sort of built on defence. And they say premiership teams are built from defence. But I'd love to see Jay Cameron kick 100 in the next... uh, few years down at uh, at Catland. Anyway, back to you, boys. What do you do got? I was going to say, do you know what? Like, honestly, when you hear, you know, Jez is saying, you know, it's the, the forward pressure and all that kind of stuff, I would be absolutely shot nowadays because uh, I hardly laid a frigging tackle. 
Back yes, in my day, just Daniel, it was just... Harford, Daniel Harford told us about <laughs> Carted that. Carted out, pissed the Harford off, okay? He's not to be mentioned on this podcast again. I think he listens to everyone half, and, and, and at some point in time we'll have to get him on. But uh, no mention of, the, of that name again. But honestly, I, I never laid a tackle like, you know, it was if you laid a tackle, you were kind of high-fiving a couple of your other Ford mates in there. This is great, you know? But that's all it, that's all it is nowadays, Jez, isn't it? Yeah, it is. I still get told my arms are painted on, and that I don't tackle too much. I, it is, it is. It goes that way. Like, it's just that's just how it is these days. And sort of, you know, you need to be able to do both. Um, secretly, you do sit there and you go like, as a as a as a forward, you do sit there and go, if I kick six goals, surely that's better than laying three or four tackles in there. But. <laughs> Um, but in all seriousness, like it's almost not like that's the way it feels. Yeah. Um, yeah. And yeah, it's it's all built on defense. So yeah, hopefully, hopefully it changes a little bit. I'd like they always. There's always a lot of rule changes and stuff, and um, it's hard to know if it's going to be you know, for the better or for the worse. But um, yeah, it's it's just one of those. I think scoring in any sport is just like better than anything else. So the more scoring. Um, in the AFL, the better it would be. Absolutely. Ludi? Um, I was just thinking just around the, the local media. There's been a lot of hype around. We had Billy Brownless on our, our last podcast, but the Brownless-Ablett combination, and they think how much better Cameron and Tomahawk can be. And I think I think that's that'll be you know, hopefully you can link up together for a few years and put on a show for us. But pretty exciting buzz around along at the moment, big fella. Yeah, I think I think well, I've only seen a, a little bit of it, and I sort of, you know, I'm going to have to get used to a little bit more media, I guess, and just being seen a bit more. But um, yeah, like in, in terms of um, you know working with Tomahawk, it's very exciting, and as I've mentioned, I can't wait to. I see myself as a really young player because I sort of never played, well, I didn't play a junior game, um, and then sort of come into it really late. So there's a lot to learn for me, and. Um, you know, from the early stages, just talking to um, Chris Scott and, and the and the coaching staff, like that's something that I'll I want to do. I want to learn more. Like I really want to listen to what the older, experienced players that Geelong have to say and and build on my game that way. So uh, yeah, I, a lot of exciting I, things. I might have missed this big fellow, and tell me, I'm apologies for my lack of research. If I have, have you got a Guernsey number yet, mate? Have you got the 18 on the back, or what, what's the go? Nah, not not just yet. So, who, who is eighteen uh, at the Cats, boys? Ken Kingsley, Charlie Constable, Charlie Constable, Charlie Ken, Con- Ken yeah. Kingsley ended up at the yeah. Tigers too. Kent, he's. <laughs> I think we give Brad Ottens and got Kent Kingsley. How does that work? I don't, I don't know what was going on, but that is fair. Can, number eight. Is that what you want, Jess? Do you want the eighteen? No, I haven't really. You know, I haven't really thought about it too much. It's been a bit too much else on the plate, but. Um, you know, I, I don't even know what numbers are free just yet. So, well, um, what about yeah, number four? G, G, G Ablett, Ablett. G Ablett oh, hang him up. Yeah. yeah, number four. Yeah, yeah, he's um, he's a serious player, isn't he? So. <laughs> or you can go into number five, mate. You know, like that'd really get the cattery fired up there. Yeah, there big power four <laughs> took on that the... number five, Guernsey. Well, that's available. Oh, yeah, Cocker two had five. Well, Cocker two was there. Five, you go, Jezza. Well, you boys reckon I should just jump straight into the number five? Mate, there, jump huh? into it. I reckon <laughs> absolutely. 
Yeah, I'll thank you about it. I'll thank you about it, all right? <laughs> Make a statement, <laughs> mate. Make a statement. Just walk in there and say, righto, boys, where is it? I want number five. Give it to me. It's time. We haven't seen a show in this jumper for a long, long time, and it's time. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Can I just oh, say? Well, can I just say? I, I, I had a beer a couple of weeks ago. We, we went down, and had a little golf weekend down at uh, Geelong, Torquay, yeah. and James Raleigh, big Rails, of course, runner and assistant coach of the Cats. He's just got a gig, uh, assistant coach over at Adelaide. Great fella, Rails. He came out a couple of beers with us, and, and he said, um, you know, Geelong just lacked, you know, the, the the runners, the players that can get across the ground really well. And he, he reckons that, you know, and this is before. This is the day before I think the trade happened. He said, you know, they need Jeremy Cameron, they need Higgins, um, and who's the other Isaac one? Isaac Smith. And Isaac Smith. Isaac. And he said, he goes, he said, they will make a big difference to the Cats because, you know, he wasn't being distributed. He just reckons that there's not enough players that can really get over the ground well. Uh, and he said that they will make a huge difference uh, to the Cats. So I, I just thought it was a really good insight. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like, um, you know, it's it's sort of a little bit of the unknown because, you know, as as it is as it is with any club, like when they when they get new players, you're really not sure how it's all going to gel together and stuff. But um, you know, I think we can bring a part um, of the footy clubs that we're at to Geelong, and we're all sort of different players. And like you mentioned, we're we're all sort of the running types. And um, yeah, I'd like to think that it's going to work really well. But um, I think I think one of the best things. Um, as well, just talking to the coaching staff the other day is that they're really open to experimenting throughout the pre-season and, and looking into how we can, you know, make the club better. And um, that's just something I'm looking forward to as well. So, uh, to be honest, like, I'm, I'm, them boys are sort of, because they played in the grand final, it's only been a month or a bit over a month, but I'm, you know, we didn't make finals and that sort of thing. So I'm ready to go. So um, I think I'm going to go down there and join in with the young boys when they get stuck. Started around December 7th. Awesome, mate. Well, listen. Get used to this, big fella. Okay. Do you know the song, Jezza? Of course I don't know the song. (laughs) Not a bad song, but I must say, I actually reckon the Giants song was pretty bloody good too, to be honest. Yeah, we've heard a lot of good feedback about the Giants song, and and I do really like it. Um, Yeah, so it's... um, I thought for a young team, that song was good. Hey, Chuck, before Jezza goes, mate, can you just give a little bit of your best K-Rock call in the number five Guernsey, big fella, Cameron debuting next season? Don't be silly, big fella. You Come. don't reveal your gold until the gold unfolds in front of you. So give us something. When the five comes out of the goal square, I'm just a... What he said before, they might have recruited Jeremy Cameron to play centre-half back. Maybe that's the little sort of uh, <laughs> one we haven't experimented with yet. Cut it out. He'll be on the first right train up. back to Dartmoor, the big fella. <laughs> <laughs> you been back to Dartmoor? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I actually just come back uh, to, to Melbourne last night. Uh, well, I didn't go to... I actually, no, I did. <laughs> I've already lost track of where I've been around that many places the last <laughs> week. I actually um, went into Dartmoor Pub, so they've got new owners down there. I invited... Three, four family members and um, 27 turned up, which was good. Um, <laughs> big table there, a few beers, a few pots. They saw them down there. Uh, so, that's awesome. Nah, it was good. I loved Dartmoor. So, um, ah, yeah, fantastic. I love getting back there. 
And they're the Dartmoor Giants too. They wear the same jumpers. It's uh, it's a fantastic story. Hey, uh, Jez. It, it mightn't be for you. Can I just jump in? It's, yeah. I actually haven't asked too many questions about the Dartmoor Giants. <laughs> yeah, they might have to I change. I don't know if they like me anymore. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know if the um, actual Giants like that anymore. I actually haven't. Yeah, geez, actually, I don't that's know. a good point. They might have to go to the hoops, mate. The old Geelong is there. A, <laughs> is there another cats? Is there any cats in the league down there? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think um, Caston are, aren't they? No, Cass- hey, Caston cats, mate. I'm a Caston boy, too, big fella. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Well, oh, they're, they're they're not in the um, southwest, though, are they? No, I don't think they, they, well, they merge with Sanford, so yeah, they're, they're still in the Western yeah. border, the old cats. Hey, hey Jezza, yeah. we appreciate your time, mate. Uh, sensational. Uh, the biggest signing for a long, long time, uh, I think, in the off season, uh, in the trade period. And uh, the cats, very, very happy they got their man, that is for sure. And uh, you must be looking forward to a massive 2021, big fella. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I can't wait to get started. So, um, yeah, I think there's going to be a lot of fun and a lot of hard work, but. Um, yeah, I can't wait to be back around the family and have everyone really close and look forward to, you know, a lot of years down there. So finish the career off in a good night. And I reckon Ludie's just trying to uh, really suck up, mate, to get along on the, on the fishing boat or something with you, big fella, to go and hook a few somewhere, I reckon, by the sounds of it. Oh, definitely. I'm, just, I'm always interested. I'm just saying, don't waste your time with Dangerfield, that's all. <laughs> <laughs> no, Jeez, that's I'm voting Barwon Heads Ocean Grove. I think you better just go and have a look down that side as well, Jez. There's some nice little places down there at Barwon Heads and Ocean Grove. And good yeah. golf courses down there too, Jez. Yeah. Beach and... yeah, I have. I think about five or six years ago, I had a bit of a belt on 13th Beach there. Um, yep. You know, left a few divots behind. Don't worry about that. But <laughs> it's a um, yeah, it's a nice part of the world, isn't it? So nah, I'm looking forward to the whole move. Definitely. Uh, good on you, mate. Great stuff. We appreciate your time on uh, Chuck Ludy and the big fella keeping it real, buddy. No worries, guys. Thanks for having me on. Yeah, uh, super Thanks, stuff. Jez. What an absolute legend. Thanks, Jez. Cheers. Yeah, what a legend. There, guys. Thank you. Now, listen, it gets, uh, it continues here. Ludy, you have come through in spades um, tonight. Not only have we got uh, this, the superstar Jeremy Cameron, but we've got another guest. Uh, we're going to go to the front. Yeah, here we are going. And I this... thought we were done. I thought that was it. I thought that was fantastic. Short and sharp. And how good was he? Country boy, see? Another country boy. Never forget your roots. And just, to, like, well, none of us even know him. And it was like we were just having a beer at the pub. Yeah, no, nah, he, he was a ripper, mate. Well, he was an absolute. He's a, he, he, is a, he is a good man, but I, I thought since we had four months off, we'd get another bloke on to talk for four hours and make up for that time. Now this is this is serious, right? Like I, I have a bit of cricketing royalty, you know, each and every week on this podcast in uh, hello in YouTube. Now, now this is live podcast, okay? Not that it really matters to this man, but uh, I'm just going to play this little intro, and this might give it away, Chuck, because you know this guy very, very well. Oh, yes. A dead ringer for the lead singer. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we say we say a very good evening now to the great man, Callum Ferguson. How are you, Fergie? Going beautifully, big fella. Great to be on the show. I, uh, I've been... A- I've been listening avidly, and uh, yeah, I'm just really pleased that I've been given the call. Now, listen, you've been waiting for this call for for, 
for months, to be honest. Since <laughs> since we had Chatty Sayers on before you, I think you've been kind of kicking the cat, thinking, what do I have to do if you've got Sayers on before Ferguson? <laughs> things things must be going bad. But, mate, we've just been waiting and we've, we've been biding our time to get you on, big fella. And, and with that knock the other day and the announcement of the retirement, mate, we thought the time is right. Geez, I, uh, I have been chomping at the bit and uh, heard a few stories from Chatty Sayers and I thought he probably went a bit easy on Chuck, to be honest. I thought he could have gone a bit harder, but uh, no, look, I'm pumped to be, uh, be on board tonight. It's been great fun listening to you guys over the uh, the last six months and it got me through a few long COVID days too, let me tell you. But uh, yeah, it was great to listen to a few old stories over the over the journey and You've, geez, you've uh, had some big names on. I don't know how I've made it into the mixture. <laughs> oh, mate, come on. You are a big name. I'm going to hand over to your two mates, your two buddies. These blokes have been through absolutely everything with you, and I'm going to hand over. I reckon Chuck's fell off his chair because we haven't even heard from him, Lou, since we <laughs> introduced the great man, <laughs> Cal Ferguson. I think he's nervous. Are you nervous, Saka? Very nervous. I'll tell you why, because obviously <laughs> I was lucky enough to coach the very talented Callum Ferguson and... Uh, I'd like to consider him, uh, whilst I was his coach, I'd like to consider him as a friend of mine. And uh, about uh, three weeks ago, when I heard of the pending retirement, I, was, I must admit, I was a little shocked, boys. I thought, wow, I, I didn't expect that. It caught me a bit by surprise, but I am out of the loop. So I sent Fergie a lovely text message telling him what a champion he was and uh, wished him all the best and him and Rhiannon and their baby and, and all that. And you know what, boys? Still waiting for the reply. Still waiting for the reply. Absolute donuts. <laughs> Not sure that's entirely true, true Chuck, is it? We've, we've been in touch since then. We have we have since then. But, uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I did send you a text and I got nothing back. But, uh, no, we, we've uh, over some sadder times, obviously, last week. And we don't want to talk about it, but we know boys, obviously, uh, Ludy, myself and Fergie were very, very affected by the loss of Philip Hughes, and we still, to this day, so we always, I make it my business, big fella, every year. I send all the players in that team uh, a message and uh, thoughts with them, and more particular with Philip's family, and, and Fergie's always one of the first uh, first back on response. So we have spoken. Uh, let's push that aside, Fergie. Mate, in all seriousness, and you know this is light-hearted, but one serious question. I was surprised. Um, was it... The fact that you didn't start at the start of the year and you sort of were a little bit offended by that and maybe you thought, shit, my time's up? or Because I was shocked, mate, when I read it. Did the light switch on quickly? Yeah, pretty quickly, Chuck. Um, and, look, it, it, it's never an easy decision whenever you, um, you, know, you read and listen to uh, talk about when the time finally came for them. Um, it's yeah. probably come a little bit earlier than I expected um, even thinking at the start of the pre-season, um, I was really keen. I didn't end up going um, to Somerset where I was due to play during the winter, uh, play some county cricket and T20s and one days. But um, yeah, on the back of COVID, I uh, ended up having a good freshen up over the winter and had a good pre-season. Obviously, uh, Layla was born about four yep. months ago now and um, you know things do start to change a little bit when that happens as I'm sure all of you guys are aware but um, yeah I was still fired up and ready to go for the summer and really keen to have a big one and um, look, looking back now and probably um, you know when I was looking to make the decision and I started to get those feelings that maybe it was the right time 
Um, it probably was uh, instigated, in all honesty, um, when I'd been left out of the first Shield game. Um, I was, yep, yep. I just really couldn't get my head around how I wasn't in our best side, and um, you know, I I was left out of the start of the season before as well, which you know was a similar situation. But um, you know, I was I, I was right up for the fight to to get back into that team, and um, unfortunately. Um, I wasn't in the starting 11 for this year. So, um, look, I think once that decision was made and I was left out, I uh, I really did have that burning desire to get back into the team and, and fight for that spot. Um, once I got back into that team and I batted well in the first innings, but we fielded for about 150 overs in the Yes. In the uh, the following innings, in the second innings of that uh, that four day game, and uh, that really was when I started to go, geez, I'm not sure how much longer I want to want to keep doing this. You know, long days in the dirt, we've all done it, and yeah, really starts to grind you down. I reckon I was about five inches shorter by the end of the 150 overs, and uh, I was down around about Tim tight, and uh, it was uh, it was not where I wanted to be down there, so. <laughs> Look, that, I, got, I got home after that day of fielding and said to Reed, geez, I, I'm really starting to think about how good the day would be at the golf course or out on the boat with Trent Kelly and, and Tim Ludeman and uh, watching him catch the little ones over in Melbourne. And, uh, yeah, that was when I started to get concerned, to be honest. I, uh, I started to think, geez, if I'm thinking this seriously about it, um, maybe my, my head's not oh, or heart's not quite in it at the moment. And... Um, we, did, we didn't bowl a side out in the first four Shield games and, and we were doing long overs in the dirt and I think that was when I decided it might be time. Uh, the wind really had been knocked out of my sails after being left out at the start of the year. Well, Ludie, you asked the next question uh, because, Ludie, you, you and I, we can relate to being left out by the sacker so you can follow up with the next question. <laughs> it's happened to everyone, boys. I'm the only one that hasn't been given the arse from Saka. We've all been given the, the lemonade and stuff. It's a common theme, boys. I'll <laughs> change, change topic because, Fergie, you said you mentioned you felt five inches short there um, after fielding 150 overs. I'll tell you what isn't short at the moment, and that is your haircut. It reeks mm. of a 36-year-old trying to fit in yeah. with the younger generation. Yeah. What is going on? I'm with you, and I bet you, I can guarantee you, he's probably rocking the black jeans with the ripped knees and that as well, yeah. Ludie. Like, a bit of Chris Scott. <laughs> a bit of Chris Scott about this. <laughs> oh, where's this heading? <laughs> and, and I yeah, it is a bit ma- longer at the moment. And maybe a, a little rinse, a little rinse, Cal. Like if you had like just a little bit of colour, maybe through there, just to keep that dark lock look. No, thankfully, actually, I haven't had to go down that path. But uh, on that note, I do have a couple of greys on the sides that are starting to poke their head through. Ludie would have seen a few of them over the years. He's seen none of them, mate. He's bald as a badger. (laughs) 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 Well, he's certainly seen mine anyway, big fella, and uh, he would have noticed that. But what I have noticed is that the longer my hair gets, the more those greys are covered up, and it's Mm. really working for me. There's not a lot of greys showing, as you mentioned before. You felt like I'd had a rinse through it. So maybe I just need to keep growing it longer and longer and make sure none of those greys get a, 
get access to the light of day. Now, Kel, not only have we had some wonderful May racing experiences together, which I'm no doubt we'll get to oh, at some geez. some point in time. Uh, you were always high up in the the vote getters, and uh, you were always <laughs> one of the big names, the big sh- probably you three to be honest, uh, and probably Chucky and Chatty as well with a with a four kind of go to man. But can you remember the first time uh, we kind of caught up? Can you remember? Because I, I look, I, I think I'd done a little bit of boxing, or maybe and you were there at Rudy's boxing, and the next day, I think the Super Bowl, or the NBA Finals were on, and Rude actually uh, messaged me. And he said, "Hey, listen," he said, "Have you got Foxtel on at home?" He said, uh, "I haven't got it, and Cal wants to watch the Super Bowl." Or the gridiron or something. He said, do you mind if he comes around? I'm thinking, I don't even know this bloke. Anyway, I put on a fair, I put on a fair spread for you, big fella. We had nachos, little boy divas. We had little party pies. Can you remember that? It was all happening, absolutely. And all I remembered was Rudy barking in your ears. You don't need them, big fella. Get, me, get them off the table. Cut them over Fergie's way. You've had a few too many. Stop loosening your belt there, big fella. He was in here that day, wasn't he? I think we were watching the NBA finals. It was so been NBA, yeah. Well. yeah. Yeah, I can remember the Miami Heat were in there. And um, I was a big Blaine Wade fan. So we were, we were tucking into the party pies, watching them run around and get the job done. But uh, can I, no, I do. I, I remember that. Can I just say, boys, uh, I must admit we went and played a round of golf. I think the same trip uh, with a few of the boys and... Uh, and, and does hit a good ball, uh, Cal Ferguson, make no mistake about it. But I was a little bit concerned about the South Australian cricket, you know, kind of, I suppose, toughness of the team because he, he rocked up and he had these hand warmers. Uh, in the, what? He had hand warmers. <laughs> I kid you not. He had hand warmers <laughs> in the pocket for the game of golf. And I'm thinking to myself, Jesus, if Chuck and Looney knew this, they'd be turning. <laughs> oh, mate, when you field in the... When you field in the grippers and you spend enough time over in England, you start to pick up a few of these tricks to get you through the day. And uh, this year was a bitter winter's day. I reckon uh, I was overdoing a week and a half boxing training with Rudy Ryan. And uh, yeah, there was an early start that day. And uh, wow, my hands weren't weren't agreeing with the cold weather. So um, I, I reckon I had three in each pocket. I was really battling that day. Huey, <laughs> well, I'm not sure if you remember. Uh, but, uh, but Fergie's most famous moment from the May races, I want to talk about that for a second. Mm-hmm. You probably remember, I might have even made the local radio monkey and the big fella at the time. <laughs> Hang on a now, I, I'm not sure if you remember, we were, we were in a marquee upstairs and we had a little pot, an empty pot glass sitting in the middle with a lot of tickets in it. And now the cleaner didn't realise that they were actually winning tickets. And we yes. had about a grand or two grand in, in this uh-huh. pot. And the cleaners come through and swept this pot glass and put it in the bin outside our marquee. And that was our winnings for the day. And the next thing, Callum Fergus is out on his hands and knees, the bin flipped on its head, going through every ticket in that bin. There was at least four or five thousand tickets. True story, wasn't it? No, it's not. (laughs) No, it's not. Yes, Yes, it is. Imagine if the paparazzi had been there, you know, like Australian cricketer. I wish they had been because they would have seen our good mate Trent Kelly neck deep in the bin with his legs in the air, (laughs) in the blue bin. Literally, natural habitat. (laughs) Trent Kelly, the bottom feeder, wasn't he? Just trying to get every one of those tickets out. And then you blokes. Not letting the truth get in the way of a good story. Throw me under the bus the next morning at about 6.35. My phone starts going ballistic. 
with everyone that I've had a beer with over the previous two two days of racing. I could not believe it. I was like, what, the, what are these blokes on about? And they've told us, I've listened to the replay. Oh, my God. That was the, one of the great stitch-ups. Trent Kelly, neck deep, and you blokes have rolled me under the bus. <laughs> Give me strength. Uh, Saka, what was, what was Fergie done? like, mate? You've you got to have some good stories about Fergie from a cricketing point of view. Uh, classy, uh, talented, uh, all of those words, you know, beautiful on the eye. I mean, when I got there, I, I was probably, I was hard on him. I really was because I wanted to improve his batting average because when I got, I mean, I can't remember the numbers now, but I'll probably high 30s and, you know, I was pretty brutal with him and I said, Ferg, you want to play test cricket, they've got to be up in the 40s and I'd like to think the time we had together that, you know, in a funny sort of way, I might have, I didn't help him too much with his batting technique, uh, but with his uh, mental application to the game. And part of that was sending him down to Warrnambool, to be honest, because uh, our fitness advisor, Dean Woodford, and I sat down and said, you know, what can we get Ferg to do in the off-season? Uh, you know, to sort of build that mental resilience to bat beginnings as Ferg, I suppose, is what we talked about. And then I've just been told you had hand warmers in your pocket, so that was a failed exercise. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> oh, mate. Brilliant. Ferg, what about the night uh, the May races? I mean, we're talking May races. Remember the, the late, great Paul Couch speared one into the... Uh, the man with no hands, Chad Sayers, straight to his <laughs> side of the pub. Mate, <laughs> and I was front row centre for it too. So we uh, we had a big day, obviously. We've ended up back at the oh. Flying Horse and uh, Chaddy Sayers and I have headed over to the, the candy grabber. We were thinking, geez, we've had a pretty good day on the punt. Chuck, Chuck wasn't a part of the uh, punters club that day. He uh, decided to do his own thing and it cost him big time. But uh, we went and uh, got on the, candy, on the candy grabber that there were footies in there. And we're after one. So we picked one out and it just happened to be a, a Geelong special. So I've fired the handball out the couch here about 20 metres across the room, across about four full tables as people trying to eat their dinner at about 7pm. Fired the handball across. Couchy, one hand, plucked it out of the air. No problems at all. Chatty goes, Couchy, Couchy. Couchy puts in one of the great line drives. Chatty Sayers on the lead did not get a mitten on it. Straight through into his right eye. And oh, have we heard someone go down like a sack of taters like that? Screaming heap onto the floor. My, my, oh, somebody, somebody get some ice. Oh, I can't, I can't, can't see. I can't see. Some, is there a doctor in the house? And Chatty just did not recover for the rest of the night. We were all fired up. I don't know if you remembered, Ludie, but we were talking about four or five different venues for after the flying horse. And all of a sudden, we're in the bus heading home because Chatty couldn't get himself up and going again. He was crying, he was whinging and moaning. Oh, you blokes go. No, no worries. You blokes go out in the town. So we're like, oh, well, we can't leave him now. You know, he's, 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 he's whinging, he's crying. No, we better look after him. So we took him home, the poor bloke. And he was shattered. And he, I think as much as anything, it was his ego because he always talked himself up all day. Definitely. Been chewing Couch's ear off about how good he'd been in the Woodville West Torrens under-19s. And, geez, geez, he let himself down that night. It was a, it was a pitiful display, really. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, now, one of my favourite story. stories, big fella, one of my favourite stories, big fella, was our first May races. Now, Ludie will remember this story because I reckon I, I grabbed a round of drinks and Ludie will say it's for the first time in a long time, but I grabbed the first round of bourbons, I reckon, as, after we got back to the Whalers. And it was our first experience at the Whalers and we're all a bit excited. There was plenty happening. There were big names around. 
I reckon I went to the upstairs area and walked past Dippia Dominico on the way up there, and <laughs> the big fella had a cast of thousands around him. And anyway, I've got up there, and I've, I reckon Ludi was holding the bar up. I went through the dance floor to give Chatty his, and he was cutting horrendous shapes on the dance floor. It was it was an embarrassment <laughs> to all of us. But then I tried to get my my bourbon over to to the big fella, and there he is with his with his back in about 15 pieces, trying to get under a limbo bar in front of the DJ box. I couldn't believe it was It was unbelievable scene. It couldn't have been any earlier than two bells, I reckon. And the big fella's firing on 18 cylinders out in the dance floor, going under limbo bars. I couldn't believe it. Anyway, the next, the next morning, my, my phone fires up at about 6.45, I reckon it was. And it's a, it's a message get... Get the boys on. Get the boys on. The big fella and the monkey. Get them on the radio right now. Anyway, not only that, I've then gone onto the website because I've been given a little hint on something and got on there and there's footage of the big fella not just making his way into the studio at 6am, crawling on hands and knees into the studio. Where's the bucket? Where's the bin? Still doing the limbo. Just go hard or go little, home. Just went a little too hard on day one, the big fella. Do you know how many? I've probably missed over the journey. This is fair, Nico. I think I haven't lasted. Uh, like I always go hard on the Tuesday, and there's been a couple of Wednesdays, like... Uh, yeah, I've just I, I haven't lasted the whole day. I've had to kind of go home a little bit early, but then I fire back up on the Thursday, you blokes. Mate, we've talked up the sorry sight there. You were a sorry sight there, but uh, it reminded me a little bit of Chuck Sarkar's first effort at uh, of May races. Really. I don't know if you remember. Yes, his first I remember effort. this well. He turned up on time, raring to go. He had all his tips ready. He had his newspaper tab form guide fired up. He had. I hadn't seen that much scribbling on it since his his notes before day one of a shield game. Chuck, it was just like <laughs> red pen one spot, blue oh, the like other. This. It was all it was all happening. Like for a face was in orange, and it was all happening. So anyway, he's, he's fired up and gone hard on day one. Didn't get in the punters club. Didn't get in. I'm not sure what happened. And, and it was filthy. Was and he was crying all day. Oh, I can't believe you blokes didn't give me that tip. Well, you're not in it. Chuck. Yeah, well, you should have still told him, mate. Don't, don't, leave your, don't leave your teammates out. And it's like, well, mate, you're not one today. You didn't want a bar of our Thunder Club to start the day. It cost you. But it wasn't, it knew, wasn't that day that disappointed me. That was probably that out was the, the beginning. That was the beginning of when, the end for me, to be honest. Uh, Chuck, when you didn't boys, jump into that... Coach of the boys, I thought, you know, go and go and do the right thing, and then they don't even include me in the punters club. You know, don't worry about buddy Timmy Nielsen giving me the uh, lemonade and sauce. I reckon the boys got me, to be honest. Couldn't even get in the club. Well, I tell you what, you couldn't blame anyone else by the next morning's performance because you went a little too hard on night one. A bit, a bit like the big fella, you probably got tucked up. I've done the his wing for that night and uh, it didn't work out the next morning because I reckon you caught the end of race six that next day and looked a sorry <laughs> sight that day too. Let me give you a hot tip. And uh, that, uh, that really didn't pay dividends either because the punters club had another big day <laughs> and you spent the rest of the day cooking again. You've left him out again. Not good at all. And I reckon you were, you were ducking off every now and then into the toilet cubicles to just relieve something out of your stomach, I reckon, too, because it wasn't, uh, wasn't looking good for you at that stage either. Well, that's why I'm called Chuck Sarker. But any of our listeners who have sort of think us four have gone off our rocker, 
if you haven't been to the Warnable races, because we will we will have a uh, reunion. We'll have a Sacker reunion yeah, next All year. All the people that have been given the ass by the Sacker, we'll be down there. <laughs> Gary Putman, <laughs> Ferguson, <laughs> Kelly, Barry, Ludeman, all those. Say I've been in by then. <laughs> we'll be down at Warnable doing the limbo. And Fergie, is it fair to say the Warnable races? It's like schoolies for adults. <laughs> Probably not, it's not a bad comparison, that, actually, is it, really? I mean, it's something to carry on. It's as childish as it'll ever come. But, uh, oh, look, I, I, I was actually going to ask you, Chuck, because uh, you had a few tips for that uh, for that second day. Mind you, you didn't get there until the, the end of the sixth. But seven, you caught up with Bluey McGrath, didn't you, that day, I reckon? And uh, yes. you nestled yourself. I can't remember what that bar's called. It's across from... The, the man uh, trap. Gallywood. The galley, that's right, the galley. Anyway, you were tucked in there with him for a while and you were a bit excited at one point because you had a couple of tips come through for a couple of races late in the day. And I'm not sure Bluey's spoken to you since, because I reckon they're still running. Still, still coming around. Rick McIntosh is trying his best to get them up. How bloody good is the bull that those things we tip, they were frigging still up at that crossroad. What's it called, that road? The Toza Road Double, big fella. The Toza Road oh, Double. Fine with frigging supposed to go right. Stewie, I've got one story for you I want to share with you about Fergie. Yeah. And it was early on, early on in my career with Sacco, we were lucky enough to play in the Champions League. Now, this is quite quite amusing because I was a country boy and uh, never really left much. You know, got up to Melbourne every now and again, but never really left Warnable. <laughs> and all of a sudden, we're in India for Champions League. And I'm rooming directly across in this 20-star hotel from Callum Ferguson. Anyway, it's about bedtime. And I've just, just tucked myself into bed. And all of a sudden, the bed and the curtain start shaking. What? We're, Currently experiencing an earthquake oh, no. in India. Yes, we did. We did in Delhi. And, and, and I was actually, I was actually smart enough because I'd watched a few shows in my time, and I go, "No, you got to go to the door frames because if anything breaks, a window smash, things cave in. The door frames are the best." So I've gone to my door, opened the door, and stood in the door frame. Next thing, directly across from me, Fergie, who's been around the traps for a long time by this stage, comes screaming out, going, "There's a terrorist attack! There's a terrorist attack! Under attack!" <laughs> <laughs> he thought he was gone. He was shitting himself. <laughs> we're having an earthquake, and Fergie thought we're getting attacked by the telephone or something. <laughs> Look out your window! Look out your window! You can see the blast in the distance. <laughs> Oh, good memory. And that, that is a true story. And we're under heavy, yep. heavy armed guards. Like, you look out the window and there'd be five or six army dudes with machine guns standing there protecting us. So it was, it was a genuine threat, but Fergie lost the plot for about five minutes. We had to try and calm him down the pool, I guess. Give Brilliant. What else you got, boys? Come on, give us something else on him. Oh, I've got one more while we're going. I've got one more while we're going. Of the restaurant in that hotel where Fergie thought we were being attacked uh, and it was actually an earthquake. I don't know if you two will remember this, but and I don't want to have a go at Ferg, but maybe after those comments you just said, do you remember the name of the restaurant in that hotel? No, I don't. Okay, it was spelt D-U-M... That was the first word, and the second one was P H U K. Now you say that, 
Come on, big fella. What's the name of the restaurant? Dumb fuck. That was the name of the restaurant. When Fergie came down with the terrorists, I said, mate, he needs to go to that restaurant. It was called the Dumb Fuck. That's not bad. That's not bad for me, Chuck. That's one of your better ones. I can just see you run out of that room and just... <laughs> Look in the distance, you can see you can see the bombs in the distance. <laughs> oh, I'm going back. I'm going. No, one more for me from May races. Oh, I'm sorry. going back to May races because I forgot to sneak this. We could go on for hours here. <laughs> Our very, our very first year, Stewie, I'm not sure if you knew this, but we actually stayed with my mum and dad out in Miranda, me, Fergie, and Chatty. Oh, fair dinkum. So there was, there was the three yeah. of us, and we, we'd, go to, yeah, we'd go in the races all day, and then we'd just come home and have dinner at home. So we'd get home by 7 or 8 o'clock and see mum and dad, and they obviously drove us home and stoned dead sober. The first night, night one, Fergie hasn't met my mum yet because we got the races, got, you know, got to my house early. We come home. Fergie's grabbed a footy out of the cupboard and he's jumping out of the lounge room couch taking hangers by himself. No one's throwing the ball to Your old man was kicking him too. What are you talking about? Taking a hanger in my lounge room and my mum has been going, who is this bloke? What was Tinga? What was the old man saying? No, he was just pissing himself laughing. <laughs> he was kicking him to me. <laughs> oh, love it. Absolutely love it. I think it. I wound him up and said, now, Ludie reckons he's got better skills than you with both feet. And I think he said, I'll show him. And just started putting him on my chest. Oh, mate. Actually, Tinga was not a bad footballer at all. And so was Timmy Ludeman. I'm telling you, he's a raking left footer. Just, uh, you know, he was very, very good at the caper. Don't worry about that. Uh, Very outside from what I've heard, but uh, we'll talk about that another he was, time. He was only young, and, and it was a pretty tough competition, <laughs> you know. Like he was, yeah, he was plenty of yak too. He had plenty of yap. He was, uh, he was full of voice. He would have been good in the sledging stakes. I'm tipping. Have we got anything before we let Fergie go, boys? Anything else you want to add? No, I was just going to head to. You know, we've had a bit of a chat about the retirement, but you're still leading the Sydney Thunder, Ferg. And then what? I, I heard your dulcet tones on the ABC. I was driving home the other night and I tuned in. You were so. What's the future hold now, mate? Now that you've closed the chapter on the shield, where to from here? Yeah, so I've, um, I've, I'm still captaining the Thunder, which I'm really looking forward to, and awesome. I'm sitting at the moment uh, getting ready for that. So that's great. Um, I've got uh, <clears throat> I've got the one day series after uh, the Big Bash is finished with the Redbacks. Still, I'll probably look to if they'll have me continue playing. Uh, one day cricket for South Australia over the next okay. few years. I've had a, I've started conversations with Busy about that. Um, so look, whether that'll um, take place or not, I'm not sure. But that's something we're going to continue to talk about. Um, and then I'll look to play some T20 cr- uh, cricket around the world. I just thought I'd, um, you know, with with this situation now, with uh, the Sheffield Shield stuff done, and obviously uh, uh, you know, starting a young family. Um, I'll probably still be able to get a chance to, to play some cricket around the world. These uh, T20 tournaments are a fair bit shorter um, in other parts of the world than what the Big Bash is. It's probably the longest uh, getting around the, the Big Bash. So I'll look to play a few tournaments uh, in the wintertime 
in and around uh, playing big bash here and and some one day cricket with South Australia. I do enjoy the media stuff though, so um, I'll probably look to get as much of that in as I can. Um, I've been out of with a couple of years of um, rehabs on uh, reconstructed knees, get a little bit of experience early in my uh, earlier in my career, so. Um, I'll probably I'm going to commentate uh, the second game of the Big Bash, um, leading into our first game uh, for Channel Seven, which will be good fun. Um, but a bit of work with uh, ABC on the radio doing the international stuff is is the first port of call leading into the uh, into the Big Bash at the moment for me. Fantastic, that's awesome to hear, mate. Uh, good on you. And I was also excited to hear you're still at the Thunder because uh, next time we're looking for tickets with Ludie out of the Caper now and Chuck. Uh, you're the man, mate. We can still get a couple of you, Cal. This is great. Perfect. No, that that sounds good, Stewie. We'll uh, we'll keep the tickets coming your way. Just make sure that those uh, those corporate boxes are uh, always at our disposal when we make it down to the main race. Hey, mate. Red carpet. Uh, get something organised. As, as long as Reunion. Chuck Stark doesn't get get us kicked out or anything like that for. Uh, if it's not next year, we've got to seriously, we've got to get a reunion, not Definitely. talk about it. Putland, Kelly, yeah. the crew, get the old crew together, Ferguson, Barry, Ludeman, Sayers. There's a reunion at the May races. If it's not next year with your commitment, in the next three years, I'm committing that we're having a reunion at the May races and I'm going to be the first player in the punters club. Yes, I love it. <laughs> and I think, yes, please, you can you can run it for us, Chuck, and uh, we'll nest ourselves in the galley. We don't want to worry about these corporate boxes with blokes like the big fella schmoozing <laughs> around in the expensive suits. We'll be, in the gu- we'll be in the galley with Bluey, won't we? Always That's like looking after you, Blake. The red carpet in Warnable's always, always rolled out for you, boys. You know that. We love having you down here, that is for sure. Hey, Cal, seriously, mate, great to have a chat to you, big fella. Uh, a wonderful career. Still going. Um, it's just that Sheffield Shield cricket uh, that's kind of finished up, mate. But, uh, yeah, awesome. Awesome stuff. And great to hear the family's going well, mate. So good on you. Congratulations. Uh, thanks for having me, guys. I've really, really enjoyed the show, listening in over the last six months, like I said earlier. And, um, yeah, no, thanks so much for having me. And I really enjoy uh, getting down to Warnable whenever I can. So hopefully we'll be able to get that reunion happening sooner rather than later, boys. Love it. Love it, Cheers, mate. mate. Thank- thanks, Fergie. Great man, Kel good Ferguson. You, good on you, big fella. What an absolute superstar. And, uh, boys, I can't believe uh, two massive names tonight. All thanks to this man. Clinton Bolsh and the Warrnambool Nissan Warrior. And the Nissan Warrior has just gone next level too. Magnificent Motorville. Can I just say, uh, Bolshy, Bolshy boys, is actually making his fighting debut Saturday night. Uh, we've got a little uh, Rudy's boxing uh, boxing event going on, and the big fella's jumping into the ring for the first time at the Nissan Warrior uh, workshop dealership. So they're clearing Shit. they're clearing the cars out, and uh, there's about uh, ten fights. There's a few boys coming from across uh, across the border, Mount Gambier and stuff, and uh, they're heading across and they're taking on Rudy's gym. And our man Clinton Bolsh, he's jumping in the ring and taking on uh, taking on one of the best. Well, we wish him all the best. I, I thought you'd forgotten him tonight, big fella. I must admit, I, I mean, he's forgotten Ludy and I for about uh, nine months. But uh, I thought you'd forgotten him tonight. But we've got the warrior in, so good luck. Whoever he's up against, I hope they belt the shit out of him. <laughs> <laughs>
Is he fighting you, Stewie? No, he's, fighting he's not fighting me. I'd never get in the ring, big fella. I just uh, all yak and no, no punch from me. <laughs> I just like yeah, hitting the true. mitts. Um, but uh, it, it, no, it's it's a great effort, and, and he's got himself in good nick. And I will tell you what, the big man throws him good too. Uh, and Benny Turner Dewey, who runs uh, Nissan for for Bolshe, he is a machine. Little Southpaw boys, uh, he can fight. He, uh, I think he's four and zip. Uh, Benny Turner Dewey, and uh, he'll probably. Towel, whoever he boxes, uh, he, he could kind of nearly go pro, if you know what I mean. So, going to be a uh, big, big Saturday out there, that is for sure. Sounds good. Well, good work, Bolchi. Uh, good to speak to you boys again. I think we're going to we're gonna just uh, hiatus, us, but we'll come back for a Christmas special, maybe leading yeah. into the Boxing Day test to oh. get a couple of big guests for the Boxing Day Christmas special. I think so, mate. That sounds absolutely awesome. Look, we've had 23 episodes, and and to be honest, boys, we're we're t- we're topping a thousand listens every episode, which is pretty amazing. When when we just started this at the start of COVID for a bit, bit of fun, fun. yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and we have we've had some unbelievable guests, and they've all been. You know, even Jezza Cameron tonight, as you said, Sarks, he didn't even know us. He knows nothing about us, really. And uh, it was just like sitting around having a beer around the bushfire. And hopefully that's what our listeners get when this goes on tomorrow on the on the podcast and you're tuning in wherever you get your podcast from. That's what we aim it to be, relaxed, bit of fun, not too serious, and uh, get to see the lighter side of some of the country's most elite athletes. And we've had you know, a great cricketer and a great footballer on the night, so... Hopefully, our guests have missed the podcast for the last few weeks, and they'll jump on this one. Yeah, and and like and in share. In all seriousness, though, big fella, we'll um, you know, we we'll probably won't do one every week because life's obviously picked back up a bit with COVID restrictions easing, and we're all pretty busy people. So we'll try and fit one in every every two or three, four weeks. Yeah, no, that sounds like a plan, boys, to be honest, moving forward. Uh, I, I just, you know, I was a little bit, we, we, we all spoke about, uh, you know, possibly having, uh, you know, do we have the break, do we not have the break? But I think this last kind of, we've had a month off since the, the AFL grand final, effectively, uh, probably even five weeks. And uh, and it, it, it it's I think it's nice, you know, and you're right, Ludie, maybe every three or four weeks we kind of uh, sit down and, and have a yak and chew the fat, so to speak. It's awesome. Correct way. Sounds good. Good on you, boys. Hey, listen, what do you want to go out with? Do you want to go out with Chuck's favourite, Neil Diamond, or do you want to go out with uh, no, Time of Your Life? Fergie's Green Day. Yeah, Green, green Day. Yeah, a bit Fergie. of Green Day for Fergie. Doesn't he look like this bloke? Hey, boys, love your work. Always great to catch up. As we said, like, share the podcast. Um, tell us what you think. It's all about having a bit of fun, that is for sure, and we hope you enjoy it. All thanks to Clinton Bolsh and the Warnable Nissan Warrior. See you, man. Another turning point, a fork stuck in the road Time grabs you by the wrist, directs you where to go So make the best of this test and don't ask why It's not a question but a lesson learned in time It's something unpredictable, but in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life So take the photographs and still frames in your mind Hanging on a shelf in good health and good time Tattoos and memories and dead skin on trial For what it's worth, it was 
is worth all the while It's something unpredictable But in the end is right I hope you had the time of your life